and welcome to Writing the Coast. I'm your host, Megan Cole, and Writing the Coast is the official podcast of the BC and Yukon Book Prizes. On Writing the Coast, you'll hear conversations with the winners and finalists of the annual BC and Yukon Book Prizes, as well as interviews with book lovers from across the province and territory. My guest for today writes short fiction, as well as children's picture books. But most importantly, he's the founder of a very special club. Here he is to introduce himself. Hello, everybody. My name is Shane Goth. I am a children's book author and a fiction writer. I live in Vancouver, BC with my wife and two daughters. Shane Goth is the author of The Midnight Club, which was illustrated by Yonglin Kang. The Midnight Club was a finalist for the 2022 Christy Harris Illustrated Children's Literature Prize. In my conversation with Shane, we talk about how he became the founder of the Midnight Club and how that club became a picture book. Here's my conversation with Shane Goff. If you could read only one book or watch only one TV show for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? So that's a good question. And I wouldn't choose a book or movie or something that I really love because I think it's so sad when you love something and then you listen to it or watch it a lot or read it and then you kind of drive it into the ground and it loses that thrill. So I think I would choose a really challenging book that I feel like I would love if I could just make my way through it. And the top book uh, on that list would be Virginia Woolf, The Waves. It's it's really experimental. It's all dialogue, if you've ever read it. And I've attempted to read it probably three times. And, you know, I'll get to page 20 and then page 40. And then I just have to put it down because as much as I feel like the emotions are something that I could really connect with, I just can't quite get my brain around it. So if I had the rest of my life to tackle it, I'm sure I'd be able to get my way through it. So you were the founder of the Midnight Club. What is the Midnight Club and how did it start? So when I was a young boy, probably about four or five years old, I would wake up in the middle of the night and get out of bed Uh, For some reason, I decided that the shadows in the hallway were something that I wasn't allowed to touch, so I would jump over them on my way to the kitchen, where I would look through all the little bags and uh, Tupperware in the cupboards and eat chocolate chips, make myself a little snack, much like the, uh, the two sisters do in the Midnight Club. Uh, unfortunately, unlike those sisters, uh, my older sister was about 10 years older than me. So I was a club of one. And um, it's, it's sort of funny looking back to think, you know, on this four-year-old hopping around in the living room while my older sister is probably out with friends, you know, doing goodness knows what. That was a difference between her and me. Did your parents ever catch on to what was going on in the middle of the night? They never did. I was very quiet. Oh, wow. And so eventually you did recruit 
uh, members into the Midnight Club. So what was it like being able to share that with your new members? Yeah, so when um, my older daughter was about five years old, we got to talking about this memory that I had. And somehow between her and I, it became this idea of the Midnight Club. And we had this little hand signal. And one night at midnight, uh, we went downstairs and built a fort and played games. And uh, I was so tired. I think she was too. And so we were both trying to pretend like, no, we're up for this. We're let's keep going. Um, and that was an idea I incorporated into the book. And there was this sense of the other person sort of leading the younger person and um, kind of egging each other on into new adventures and new challenges. And, and that that experience of it being two people sharing the secret nighttime adventure was something that really brought a lot when I sat down and turned it into a, a children's picture book. Did your older daughter eventually then share it with your younger daughter? I don't know. They, <laughs> they, they have giggled and plotted and there have been mornings where uh, my wife and I have come downstairs and seen the cereal box out and blankets all over the floor. So I'm sure that they have uh, been up to some trouble in the middle of the night. Um, but yeah, they haven't, they haven't told me about it. Yeah. So the Midnight Club is your first picture book, correct? Right. And, and so you've written short fiction before. Why did you want to tackle a picture book as, as a literary form? I, I think a few different things. First of all, when I had kids, I, I had to reintroduce myself to the world of children's fiction. And I think like a lot of new parents, um, I felt really surprised at how much the world of children's fiction and picture books in particular have really evolved since when I was a kid. And it was, you know, Winnie the Pooh and Green Eggs and Ham and those stories I never really connected with as a kid. And so I thought, oh, here we go. This is what it's going to be. And I was just so um, pleasantly surprised by all of the uh, different options on the bookshelf for uh, children's picture books. They are much less um, giving a message. I think they're tackling some really mature themes and emotions and experiences and the artwork, the, the, the differences, the different styles, it, they're just so beautiful. I mean, it's, it's artwork that belongs hanging on a wall. So there was that element of it that made me think, wow, this is something that is a really rich opportunity to tell a story within. And then I also think the experience of reading a child, a picture book before bed, I thought this is something that a parent sits down, they read through the book, and then it's good night, lights out, go to sleep. But what I discovered uh, was that it, it's a conversation and it's this, um, this kind of 
collective imagination where the kids are saying, oh, well, what if this happened in the story? What if that happened in the story? And asking questions, you know, why is that person sad? Why is that person scared? And it prompts this dialogue where, you know, you almost put the book down halfway and share stories about, well, this is something that happened with me. Here's something that happened with you, all prompted by the book. And so, again, I thought that that sort of interactivity between the reader and um, the child and the book was something that I really wanted to be a part of through writing a picture book. Yeah, I think I, I love what you were talking about, about the conversation, because I've noticed that a lot I don't have uh young children in my life anymore but I've noticed that with a lot of the books that we get for the book prizes and I think part of that is like the pacing and the space that's mm -hmm. left and created in a picture book and of course this exists in all all literary forms everyone's always you know trying to balance pacing and and space but I think it's a particular skill when it comes to picture books because there are these moments where you know whether it's a spread with no words or a sparsely uh, with a sparse amount of text, but there's like space left for those conversations, which I think is very important. So how did you approach that pacing in space when it came to uh, the Midnight Club? Yeah, I, I think I looked throughout the story for those moments of emotion and wonder and those were the moments where I tried to really slow the pace down and to also say less in text, because I feel like so much of communicating emotion and wonder comes from uh, the illustrations. And Yong Ling Kang, the illustrator and, and co-creator of the book, The Midnight Club, did just a, such a spectacular job with the artwork. And um, one thing that worried me um, as the as the manuscript was done and it went into artwork was I didn't want this to be a scary, dark uh, book. And Yongling made it so colorful and so rich with details I think that's what really captures that sense of emotion and wonder because you can see the details. This place, which is maybe the most familiar to a child, their own home, becomes this wonderland at, at nighttime where things look different and they're exploring them. There's a scene in the uh, book where they see shadows made on the wall. And at first they're scared by it, but then they master it when they understand where the shadows are coming from. And then they make uh, little shadow puppets or shadow monsters and it makes them laugh. And so all of that sense of exploring and mastering your environment and, and, and letting your imagination really take hold was just so well captured in the artwork I think as an author, you just try to say as little as possible and get out of the way of the the artwork. Yeah. It's interesting in what you said about the house in the dark becoming a wonderland, because that's I was a kid who was very afraid of the dark. And I love the idea that this book can kind of 
turn that idea on its head a little bit because I think for a long time we've seen more of that like things that we should that go bump in the night right and the spooky things but this is like you know how amazing the dark and those experiences can be even though they're unknown or there can be like creepy crawlies but you can make them fun um yeah I just kind of thought of that how it it flips that being afraid of the dark thing on its head a little bit Yeah. And I think that the house that you live in is such a great first step towards um, independent exploration. And it's it's, it's just a great opportunity to work your imagination and explore in a in a safe way. But it still feels like you're doing it on your own. And there's that thrill of, hey, I'm in control. And the, the sisters in the story have these rules of the midnight club. So they're, they're saying what's allowed and what's not allowed. It's not their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, this is all done in such a very s- safe environment. Um, you know, looking at it from a parent's point of view, I go, yeah, this is, this is a great first step towards exploring the world around you in a safe way. Yeah. I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about the illustrations I know that relationship often you're kind of uh working with an artistic director or um but what was I looked that you called Youngling your co-creator because I think that really speaks to how beautifully the two pieces fit together in this book um so what was your experience in working with Youngling on this book well I didn't actually speak to her uh directly until the artwork was already done and uh, we were on a zoom marketing meeting and um, I had the opportunity finally to gush to her in in person about how incredible her, her artwork was Uh, through her development of the art. I gave feedback on the artwork, which as I said, was mostly gushing uh, through, through the editor Um. And, you know, I, I would say there were two um, big moments of joy throughout the process of uh, our first book being published. And the first one was definitely um, getting that first look at Yongling's uh, thumbnails. So, I mean, these are just basically sketches, but I was just bowled over. I spent hours just looking at them. I printed them out and I I made a little mock-up book out of it and I just studied them and it just felt like this surreal event of having a book published suddenly felt real and yes I I had some ideas of how maybe the artwork would look but as, as soon as I saw what she did it just felt so right and and I think that speaks to the the co-creation between the two of us and I just knew that the book would be so great. And, and you know, speaking about the joys, probably the, the second uh, great moment of joy in, in the process was doing um, school readings and being able to have an audience of children. The, the sisters in the book have this midnight club sign where they hold up a finger on one hand and two on the other. And I, I made the sign in front of, you know, 60 grade one or grade two students. And to see 60 pairs of hands making it back was 
a, a really beautiful moment as a writer to have this idea kind of flourish and spread in in my community. Yeah. So the club has really grown from one one member to like hundreds at this point. <laughs> it has. It has. And you know, the other great thing about this book being published was I I always thought about this memory of me being four years old, hopping through the living room at night as being something sort of weird and different. But as the book was being developed, and and now that it's out in the world, I've heard so many stories from other people, readers that that have said, you know what, I used to do that too with my brother or my sister. And, you know, we would try on our parents' clothes, or we'd make a snack, or we would watch watch something we shouldn't have on TV. And I realized that there's this real opportunity for connection between author and reader. And I love hearing other people's stories that the book reminded them of and the difference, the different experiences that they had in the middle of the night uh, in their childhoods. Yeah. It kind of speaks to something like that Ruth Ozeki talked about when I talked to her about how we, we write a book, but it's really not finished until we've given it to the reader and they, they kind of finish the book on their end. Yeah, you always want to leave a little uh, a little bit unsaid and have the reader bring their own experiences and imagination to the story so that they can they can make it their own. Yong Ling added a a final illustration where the two sisters in the, in the Midnight Club have left out some of the clothes and some of their dishes uh, on the table. So, you know, maybe their maybe their club isn't so secret anymore when the when the parents come down in the morning. And it's been so much fun in uh school visits to ask the kids, okay, so if that was you, how would you explain that to mom and dad in the morning? And their answers are just hilarious. <laughs> what are some of the answers you've heard? They say, Oh, it was just the wind. The wind blew the dishes onto the table and the, and the coat. <laughs> Or they said, "Oh, there was a there is a robber. There must have been a robber in the middle of the night." Uh, so yeah, you're trying to get your parents to feel okay, and now you're inventing robbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that's going to solve the problem. Right. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself as a writer from working on the Midnight Club? Hmm. Uh, I I think I, I would say that sense of connection between uh, myself and, and the readers and um, that opportunity to, to hear their experiences uh, with their own nighttime adventures. What was it like for your daughters to have their, their club and kind of their experiences written about in this way? Well, of course, you know, having two daughters and then there's the two sisters in the story, they think, well, this is, this is a book about us. And I am just so, uh, I, I feel so uh, privileged to have them be, be proud that, you know, their dad, their dad has a book. And as a, as a parent who writes, I really do ask a lot of them and, and my whole family in terms of um, the time and the commitment 
to to writing and they're just so supportive and it's it's nice for them to see that you know the hard work is is paying off and they're they're a great source of of inspiration because I'll I'll listen to them and I'll just watch them kind of go about their day and talk about their day and it's led to you know ideas that I've explored through through writing yeah what's inspiring the work you're doing these days well other than my children and my family I would say you know uh I've been so lucky that the the book being published has led me to to make more connections in the larger book community and everybody that I'm meeting within it whether it's a publisher or an editor a book buyer a book seller someone in marketing everybody has this passion for books and reading and wanting to share uh, all the great BC and Canadian uh, children's literature with with readers and to be a part of that ecosystem through being a creator it it feels really uh rewarding and really inspiring to listen to everybody's feedback and um just want to create something else that's you know go- going to have a great response in the community and I'm always inspired by the other children's books that are coming out these days, particularly those in, in BC and Canada. When I found out the Midnight Club was a, a, a finalist, I spent the afternoon at the downtown Vancouver library, um, just, just reading the other finalist books. And I think as, as an adult, as soon as you're in a library, you sort of feel like a kid again because I spent so much more time in libraries as a, as a kid. And, you know, just these in particular on the trap line and the secret fawn, they, they're these very quiet yet emotional books. And I just lost myself in them. The artwork was spectacular. The stories were so specific, so vivid and, I just almost went into, you know, a a daze. And I think that that's the power of children's books. It's, it's almost like poetry. There's, there's this sense of epiphany or revelation, I think at the end. And when it's a, a child who's experiencing that, it can be such a powerful feeling. This might be the first time they've ever felt this way about something and to be able to to empathize with that as a reader and to share in those emotions and connect it back to to the creators of those books uh, i mean i left the library and almost walked into traffic because i was just so taken away by these by these stories and these other worlds i think it's really interesting because it seems you were talking about the difference between children's books that that maybe we read when we were little and what we're seeing now. And it seems in a sense that children's book authors are really, there's a sense of respect for young readers that they can kind of handle things that we don't need to make it simple, that we don't need to make it easy, that they can handle these hard things and that they can ask tough questions and that 
the adults in their lives will be there to support them. And I think, I don't know if that was always there in kids' books, but it really seems like something beautiful that's happened in a lot of the books, like the ones you were just talking about. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I mean, there there's definitely some amazing classic kids' books, uh, but it seemed like overall that it was more messagey. There was less trust. It was more like teaching and talking down and not leaving a lot of opportunity for discussion or interpretation or the child bringing their own experiences to the book. You know, uh, and I think for the for the form of children's book to continue, it, it really had to evolve because there's only so many stories you can tell about the first day of school or getting a pet or moving those those sort of life stages, those very typical um, events that that many children's books used to be written about. Now it's more focused on emotions and those realizations about the world around you. And uh, and when you add in all the diversity of voices that are now part of children's books, there's just so many more stories to be told and to to write. And it's so exciting as a creator because you feel like the sandbox is a lot bigger and the stories that you feel you can tell to kids is greater. That was Shane Goth. Shane is the author of The Midnight Club, which was illustrated by Yonglin Kang. The Midnight Club was a finalist for the 2022 Christy Harris Illustrated Children's Literature Prize. If you would like to find out more about the BC and Yukon Book Prizes, please visit our website, bcyukonbookprizes.com. You can also find us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Next time on Writing the Coast, I talk to Matea Kulik, the Executive Director of the Association of Book Publishers of British Columbia. Thanks for listening to Writing the Coast.